Welcome to the Mojo Market Report. Here's your hosts, Dave Sturgio and Chris Gucci. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Mojo Market Report here on a Wednesday. We hope you guys are doing well out there. Thank you for joining us, as always. Dave Sturgio, Chris Gucci, and of course, A5 Anthony behind the glass working the boards back there, getting all the graphics ready to rock because we got ourselves another loaded show. Wednesdays are always fun. Uh, we, you know, we obviously we have a lot of football games to talk about on the Mondays and the Tuesdays and the Thursdays and the Fridays, right? There's a lot of football action to be talked about, but on Wednesdays, we get to do a little of a bit of a deeper dive and uh last couple wednesdays we've been retro booming we've compared some draft classes and uh you know it's funny because the last time we compared draft classes we're like well you know when mojo gets college players well when, it's when, here, when, baby it's here it's here uh you can now draft our uh, draft well it's technically drafting too if you're waiting for the nfl draft you can now invest in college football players specifically right now the college football quarterbacks and i know we brushed over it on monday because it was the big announcement over the weekend and i know the guys at the opening bell did a wonderful job covering some of the college guys as well but we're deciding to go into this a little bit different because we're six weeks into the year. Um, technically, if you think about it, seven weeks will be next week. We're almost, I guess we're past the third, the third, a third of a year is done already, right? Six, six to 18. Yes. So we're, uh, <laughs> I have to do math here. I'm, I'm proud of you. Yeah, I know. I'm trying. Uh, but anyway, so we're, uh, we're almost, we're past the third mark, you know, we're one third of the way through the uh, NFL season. So we're also starting to see who's going to be um, in the, Upper echelon of the quarterbacks. That's what we're going to be talking today. Yeah, but that I was I was actually going to say the upper uh, the upper echelon of the NFL draft. Yes, there we go. <laughs> this, this is this is why this is the yin and the yang, guys. Um, but anyway, so right now as it stands, just so everybody's clear, six weeks into the year, we're not we're not saying that this is going to be the order, but the, you know, based off the six week sample size we've seen. I'm thinking to myself, you know, this might be the order. Uh, right now, the number one overall pick is owned by Carolina. And just based off of what we've seen with this team, Baker Mayfield getting hurt. They ship Robbie Anderson out of town. It's P.J. Walker's show over there. They're talking about trading everybody else. It's a mess. It's a mess in Carolina. So right now, they're sitting at one. They might lock that down in the next couple of weeks. Uh, number two would be Vegas. Number three would be the Detroit Lions, believe it or not, as as hyped as everybody's getting. I believe on. it. Uh, well, I'm, I'm just telling saying. everybody for the last couple of weeks that the Lions still stink. <laughs> right. Okay. And they well, will the be there in the stink. top five. Um, and then there's Houston. This one, this one makes me cringe. Right now, top five pick, the Philadelphia Eagles uh, are sitting there with the Saints pick right now. So just like, oh, God, Saints just start winning. Uh, and then you have Houston again. So they got the four and the six. Seattle, Pittsburgh, Arizona, Jacksonville. So when you look at the top three quarterbacks that we're going to be breaking down real quick, um, I got to assume, and again, I don't want to make bold predictions here in October, but you got to assume that if these three guys keep playing the way they're playing, that they're going to find themselves in the top 10 of the draft, right? Because teams are going to be looking for their quarterback, and there's specific teams that I think might be diving into these guys. But right now, what you can do is you can invest in them right now on the Mojo market uh, if you download the app. Make sure you download the app. It's the only way to do it. Um, all right, so we start with Bryce Young real quick. Right now, he's entered the Mojo market with a value of $32.99. He is the top dog as far as the Mojo quarterbacks of college football are concerned. Right now, he's sitting in between, believe it or not, Zach Wilson and Tua. So right now, he's already got a price that's that's comparable of two guys that are in their second year. So that's pretty impressive yes. right off the rip. 
Right. I mean, I think like when we're looking at last year's, if we're trying to get a like a career arc mm-hmm. based off of last year's rookie class, there wasn't any quarterback in last year's class that's as good as any of the three pro prospects in, in terms of being a pro prospect that we're going to talk about today. So I think it is essentially fair based on, I think that they're all going to be potentially top five picks as it stands now, which is insane. You can have. Not really insane. That's been happening before where three quarterbacks could possibly go in the top five. I think this is the type of class that could it could happen. And if you look at where they're where they're slotted, they can't really earn banked value, but you could get them at an early point in their career. If you see where Justin Herbert is after year one, you see as soon as these guys get drafted, I think their market value is going to shoot up because once they're in the on a team in a situation, let's just say somebody lands in the number two spot in Vegas. Derek Carr better hope the Raiders start winning some football games because that offense is loaded with talent. And I know Derek Carr would potentially, you know, teams would be interested in trading for Derek Carr. Mm -hmm. And the Raiders could just make that switch now. Even though they'd signed Devontae on the terms that him and Derek Carr are best friends, I don't think that matters when it comes to business in the NFL. Well, if you want my opinion, I I think Bryce Young is the number one overall pick. I do. So whoever wins that sweepstakes is going to get themselves some Bryce Young next year. He's being compared a little bit to a Russell Wilson, and not current Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson in his prime. I guess that's so terrible to say that Russell Wilson's like still not in his prime, but you do the math. I mean, look look at what he's been doing this year and in the last year. Um, and a little bit of Kyler Murray action. You know, so there's a little bit of comp- comps when it comes to that. He's a 2021 Heisman finalist. He'll probably be up again for it this year. You know, so obviously the, the number one overall pick will probably get themselves some Bryce Young. To me, if Carolina keeps playing the way they're playing, if you're in a full rebuild and you start shipping off some pieces, it's a good fit in Carolina, no? Yeah, I mean, any any quarterback is a good fit in Carolina. And they're going to be on the coaching search. out there right now. P.J. Walker um, from Temple and Baker Mayfield, when he gets back, I don't think anybody wants him to come back, <laughs> including the wideouts in Carolina. But Sam yeah, Darnold lost calls Carolina's over there, Carolina's drafting the a quarterback no matter what position they draft in this season. So I, a quarterback I is going that, yeah. to Carolina. One of these three guys will be a Panther. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, we move on to C.J. Stroud, Ohio State quarterback stud um mojo value right now 3164 uh his comps are being you know he, they're saying he's got the cannon right he's got a great arm and he's being compared like they're saying if he used his legs more he can be compared to justin herbert justin herbert doesn't necessarily take off and run but he has the ability to do so am i wrong by saying like or a bold statement to say that most college quarterbacks right now have the ability to run like is that the new breed of athlete there's no more Dan Marino sit back in a pocket and start lacing well, no, them in. that's not that's not exactly kind of a dead true. Thing. Like everybody has the ability to run in terms of being a young guy but not all of them are running quarterbacks by any stretch like Justin Herbert's not necessarily known as a running quarterback he's in he's 24 years old 25 years no, old no no so I know but the ability is there if he gets out the of the ability, pocket he yeah. can make a move most young quarterbacks do have the ability to run but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to translate to the NFL nor should you want it to all the time I think um, pocket passers tend to last a lot longer in the NFL, so that's the guys I would t- really kind of be investing in if I'm investing in these younger guys. But none of these guys are traditional pocket passers anyway. Um, and the reason why I don't like C.J. Stroud is because of the Ohio State uh, there's, a, there's a stigma over there's there in Ohio State. There's a stigma attached to these Ohio State quarterbacks, but this guy's the one the that might still be, out on Justin Fields. I mean, uh, it's not crazy. If I'm the jury, it's not. <laughs> I'm not a fan of Justin Done. Fields. I think that uh, if – if there's a quarterback that's going to break that mold, it could be a C.J. Stroud, but that's what they were saying about Justin Fields as well. Athleticism doesn't necessarily translate into the NFL because everybody is an athlete up in the uh, the next level. Some some people are comparing, some experts are comparing him to a Mac Jones-type situation uh, where he's not like, 
you're not looking at him like, there's your prototypical guy. You know what I mean? Like, it's a little bit different. Um, if my bold prediction right now is that he is the future quarterback of the Houston Texans because the Houston Texans, uh, within the first six picks, have two cracks at him. They'll make the move. They'll get it. They'll get their I guy. Guess all those good practices that uh, Davis Mills is mm. stringing together just no. aren't going to stave off just one of these not, blue chippers. Mm, because nah, sorry. I, I do like Davis Mills, and I think it's unfortunate. But I, I feel like as you see the Texans losing games, you're starting to see more and more that Davis Mills is, in fact, a backup. Great and story. That, and that one just, of these players will probably unsurp him for that job next season. And because he's on his rookie deal and he's in a fourth-round pick, I believe, so mm. it's not really a, a loss for the Texans. They could afford to be paying a quarterback. But the Texans' front office is in disarray. I think they just fired their president. So. They did. They did. I mean, you would think it would be over after they got rid of Bill O'Brien, but still firings to be had. Well, that uh, guy was there during the Bill O'Brien era. Oh, so they're really cleaning yeah. house. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's All right. Well, anyway, uh, like I said, I think he might be a Houston Texan before you know it. So invest in him right now at 3184, uh, 64, and he falls right now, believe it or not, in between a Trey Lance, whose stock dropped because of the fact that he got injured, and the next guy we're going to talk about. He's actually right next to him in, in price, and that's uh, Caleb Williams at a USC. Caleb Williams is 2779, which, believe it or not, that's a gap. That's a $4 gap between C.J. Stroud and and Williams. And I'm looking at the two, and I'm like, well, are they that far different? Like, I, I don't know. You've watched a lot of college yeah, ball. I'm, I'm big on Caleb Williams. This is my favorite quarterback in the uh, – well, Hendon Hooker might be up there as well. Hooker, yeah. He just did to Alabama. But my favorite quarterback in the college football right now is Caleb Williams. Um just what he did against Utah last week. I know they didn't get the W, but there were some questionable calls. I know we're not going to bring up the roughing the passer that uh, got negated a pick that would have essentially ended the game in USC. But USC went into Utah, and Utah has one of the best defenses in the country, especially a pass defenses in the country, and they laid 42 points on them. They lost because uh, Whittingham, the coach for Utah, decided to go for two at the end of the game, and they succeeded. And it was just a great game altogether. I could promise you that the reason why USC did not win that game was nothing to do with Caleb Williams. Going into the game, he had 14 touchdowns, one interception. He's doing it through the air, on the ground, and Lincoln Riley just knows how to – Make that Lincoln happen. Lincoln Riley, good college coach. Yeah. He, he seemed to have Caleb done Williams wonders. Williams is my guy. I, I'm, I'm a big on Caleb Williams, and if there's a college quarterback I'm investing in, it's going to be that guy, for All sure. Right. I think there's more room for growth there, and I think that because he might expectations not Expectations might be a little lower. Yeah. Expectations might be a little bit lower, and I think he might end up on a better team than a lot of these other guys because I think these other two might be picked a little bit higher. You could maybe essentially see Caleb Williams land a little bit lower in the draft, possibly. And when that happens, you you end up on a better team. Bold prediction? Yes. Detroit at three. I think Goff is not the guy, and they get to make their move. With that the would, young team over there, Jameson Williams coming back. That would be a good, good DeAndre spot. DeAndre Swift. Like, that would be a good spot. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, that's a big offensive. I Hawkinson. can't wait to see how all this unfolds going forward. Um, I'm not sure. College football has been so up in the air the last couple seasons with eligibility and the transfer portals. I'm not even positive that all three of these guys are going to be in the draft. I mean, I know for a fact Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud will. Caleb I'm has a sure. chance to do it. If he wants to come back, he could. He could. He could, yeah. All right. So, so yeah, that's – I don't we'll think see. he's going to, but – We shall see. But, anyway, yes, do that right now. Mojo app right now. Go invest in some college football quarterbacks. Now, moving on. This is, this is, this is where it gets good today because what we've been doing, um, you know, after the show and we start prepping for the next show, we've been all over Mojo.com, right? Mojo.com right now 
uh, has a fantastic article by Dalton. I just, you know what? I, I feel like he's Seal, he's Prince, he's he's one name. He's Dalton. If you don't know who Dalton is, <laughs> go find out. He's who the Dalton lead is. blogger over on Mojo. Go he, check he him is, out. He is the top dog, right? Go over there. He's he's doing wonderful things over at Mojo.com. He wrote a fantastic article about three running backs right now that are absolutely going to tear up the future scene. Okay, these three guys. I'll just roll them off right now. We're going to break them down a little bit are some of the guys that we've talked about already plenty on this show. Brees Hall being one of them. And, of course, Brian Robinson coming off of his crazy story. He's one of them. And Travis at the end of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's got talking points about all of them. We're going to break it down, dissect them, see if we kind of agree or disagree. Okay? So we start with, obviously, Brees Hall. Brees Hall has absolutely crushed it so far. Okay? And the the, the record is there. His, his career trajectory already. He started... You know, right around, uh, he, he's been up in the in his career 13.89%. So right away, he's climbing. And this is no multipliers factored in. You know, this is legitimate percentages moving up within the mojo market. Um, so right now, 76 carries, 391 yards, three touchdowns. He's averaging over five yards a carry. So that's big. Um, 19 catches, 218 yards through the air. One very low It's all about the all-purpose yards with this guy. Yes. He's doing so it the, through the air and so on the ground. Dalton Cates put out a tweet. And I, and I didn't pull it up here, but I'll, pull, I'll just read it. Most scrimmage yards for a 21-year-old running back drafted round two or later through their first six games all time. Brees Hall is number one, right? He joins some fantastic company behind, well, maybe not Carry On Johnson, but he, you know, Carry On Johnson had a nice little start when he started. But then there's guys like Jonathan Taylor, Le'Veon Bell, and Clinton Portis. That's all there. He's above those guys. The highest future, right now, he's got the highest future projected market value for any running backs on Mojo right now. So is that justified? What Dalton is suggesting right now, go long, three-time multiplier. He wants, he's basically saying that Brees Hall at the end of the year will be a top 10 back. Yeah, right now he's sitting at 17, or at the time of the article being written. I'm not sure if he's shot up or shot down based on any other players. 17th, but, right? So he was yeah. he was ranked 17th, and I agree with Dalton's uh, assessment that there, he will finish the season as a top 10 back. Right now, he's the number one back in terms of future market projections. That's Brees Hall, and I think he's going to live up to it because you've seen through six games what their plans are with this guy. Mm -hmm. And Robert Sala, he took all the receipts, and they're a smash-mouth team. Don't, don't think about the 80 pass attempts through fucking... <laughs> it's all right. It's <laughs> Don't think about the 80 pass attempts through the first two weeks with, with Joe Flacco at the helm. These guys are definitely going to be pounding the football. And when they do decide to throw it, they're not really letting Zach Wilson air it out. So at least in the interim, they're going to have Zach Wilson underneath with a lot of these intermediate routes and the checkdowns. Brees Hall is that guy. I agree 100%. Dalton, you're the man on this one. Brees Hall will be a top 10 back in the mojo market by season's end. What do you think about top 10 back in the NFL? Well, yes, I, I think that goes hand that in hand. That goes hand in hand, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, number two would be Mr. Brian Robinson. We talked a lot about this guy because of the fact that even going into the season after being drafted, uh, the Washington Commanders uh, had already told Antonio Gibson, hey, man, thanks for everything. You're our new kick returner. You're going to be really good at that because we got ourselves a brand new bell cow, and his name is Brian Robinson. Now, what happens in the preseason? Obviously, crazy, crazy story. Guys uh, carjacked, gets shot twice in a leg. The, the future's bleak, right? And, and you, you notice that as it happened on the mojo market. So you're thinking, all right, well, we, now we don't know about this guy. Next thing you know, within eight weeks of real time, the guy's suiting up and now has been named the starter of the Washington Commanders. Now, I know the Commanders right now haven't shown you much, okay? Carson Wentz is abysmal. He's now hurt. 
But here's where I think the commanders might get a shot of life, and that's because of, of another quarterback, a change at quarterback because of a broken finger. Wentz out inside, you know, insert Tyler Heineke, insert possibly Sam Howell. Who knows? We're not talking about those guys, though. We're talking about Brian Robinson. Ready? One of the this is this is stuff that I got from this article from Dalton, by the way. So this is not my information. This is his, and it's great. One of the uh, one of eleven third down uh, third round running backs to see fifteen carries in his first two starts. That's huge volume, crazy. All of a sudden, like you don't get that volume in the NFL when you're just starting off, right? Um, since two thousand, ready for this stat? Sixty three running backs have been taken in the third round. He's standing out as one of the top dogs. You, uh, he's getting the workload of just comparable to a guy like David Montgomery and Kareem Hunt. Just to give you an example as to how much... And Kareem Hunt led the NFL in rushing yards in his rookie yeah. season, so he won a rushing title, and um, we all know David Montgomery, if it wasn't for the Bears' offensive line, he'd be a lot more productive, but he had a really productive rookie yeah. year for so, a guy drafted So the, the, the sky is the limit for Brian Robinson. I mean, forget the story. Don't forget the story. Like, Definitely embrace the story because that's a part of this, this master plan, but do you agree with his assessment to, to know that Brian Robinson might be one of those top dogs that you want to invest in yeah, right now? Brian Robinson, he's got all the tools to be a very similar back to a Brees Hall. He was taking the the league by storm in, in the in preseason when he was all the h- hype was about Brian Robinson and it was Antonio Gibson taking a back seat. Then the unfortunate incident happened and things took a turn. But now here we are, right? Brian Robinson's back, ready to go. I think that he has the potential to be a Brees Hall type. I look at his usage at Alabama. Look, he got recruited by Alabama. He stayed there all four years, which is rare for a talent like him because, you know, sitting behind some of the guys he sat behind, you know, he could have probably started somewhere else. But that actually plays well for a future NFL career to me because you sit there behind some of these guys. You don't get all that mileage and and the wear and tear on the tires like a lot of these backs that get a thousand touches in college. You don't need all that. Brian Robinson's fresh. You saw what he did in the college football playoff last year. He rose to the occasion in big games. I don't know what there is to not like about Brian Robinson. And at his share price uh, now, super cheap. it's super low for a guy that is a starting running back in the league. And how many, like you would think it's funny because I know there's a lot of, uh, a lot of, that's a crowded backfield over there. Antonio Gibson's not like he's gone. He's there. And of course they got JD McKissick to eat into some of the pass catching uh, downs. Right. But like, you're looking at this guy and you feel like when you look around the NFL, there's only a couple, if not any left. I mean, maybe Saquon Barkley, maybe, maybe Derek Henry are the guys that are like, are true three down backs don't need a spell and if they do need a break there is a guy on the roster but he's not that big of a deal I don't think that the that the commanders are going to be looking for Brian Robinson to be that just yet I don't think it's because he's not capable I just think that they also have two other capable backs that uh, at catching the ball out of the backfield with Antonio Gibson and JD McKissick but that almost in my opinion that spells long-term value for a Brian Robinson because right now are the commanders really going to go anywhere this season it doesn't look like they will be I think if you're investing in Brian Robinson, you're investing in the Brian Robinson career, not necessarily so much the 2022 season because the commanders are have they have an uphill battle, but it's good to see him get his, you know, his feet wet in the league and and have some success and because that's what we all expected and I'm glad we're seeing it. I'm not saying NFL teams like kind of, you know, kind of shut the door on a season after 6 weeks and I'm sure they'll can you know still compete and again, change at quarterback, who knows what that's going to do, but I will say this, and there's something to be said about this. When the team is kind of known to not, like you got the NFC East is incredible right now. You know what I mean? Like when you think about it and you're like, if you're Ron Rivera, I'm not, listen, Ron Rivera is not walking into the locker room like, look guys, division's out of reach. We're toast. I understand that. But if this gets away from the Washington uh, Commanders team, 
there's less pressure on this team, which means better reps. Which means, does that make sense to you? Like, I, I I'm not saying that I get like, it. I get it. Games I think, don't matter. I think but what I'm saying happens, less pressure to there's, there's vets win games. You, I guess I don't there's know. less pressure to win games. But when you have a team that's playing for nothing anymore, they're figuring things out on the fly and they're using games as basically practice. I know that it sounds crazy because it, it does. It is. It is. But and I, I shouldn't say as practice. But when it's fourth and three. You know, you might go for it. So the offense right. sees more opportunity because there's really no sense in punting. Okay, we're going to go for it because if we don't get it, no big deal. You go for two. Mm-hmm. You know, all those types of things happen when the team is essentially your, over. Unless you're Brian Dayball, just do it opening week. Set the tone, you know. <laughs> but anyway, got that thing playing good. All right, the final running back that Dalton brings up on this uh, tremendous article is Travis Etienne. This one has us... Like with the with the little bit of an eyebrow raise, like scr- head scratcher. Head scratcher. Not okay, because not because Look, he's averaging three yards a carry, over three yards a carry after contact. Okay, so the guy can still, you know, he can take a hit and continue to move. Right now, the reason why I don't agree with this is because of the fact there's, there's a legitimate 50-50 split going on right now with James Robinson. Maybe he, even less. It, it's he's outperforming them on specific downs, but James Robinson is showing like, hey. I'm still here. You know, like, you don't get to just come on in and take my spot. Um, he's got 54 attempts, 301 yards. Um, the only, uh, yeah, 301 yards on the ground, which averages actually 5.6 a carry. So he's, his numbers are nice. The big thing is, for me, with the 50-50 split that I was talking about, the Jaguars must run the ball a lot more than some people think because you got Trevor Lawrence, and why not? And you invested all his money in Christian Kirk, right? But outside of week one, so weeks two through six, he's got nine touches or more. So if they're running the ball 20 times and it's a 50-50 split, you know, he's, he's right there. So the opportunities are there for Etienne. I just, for me, I just don't see it, like, as a long-term thing if James Robinson is in the fold. That's just my opinion. I mean, I think that they they basically drafted Travis Etienne to be the guy. It didn't work out because of the injury. Um, I'm not – there's something about him that I just can't see him being an every-down back. They compare him to an, an Alvin Kamara type, and Alvin Kamara was never really the type of back that was able to, you know, get 20 carries a game and go in between the tackles. I know that he has been – able to disprove that notion from time to time. But at the end of the day, Kamara is not that guy, right? He's more of the guy out of the backfield, going to catch passes, make things happen in space. Uh, Travis Etienne, he fits that mold to a degree. I just worry about the usage in terms of a Doug Peterson-type style offense where Alvin Kamara had Sean Payton and Travis Etienne has Doug Peterson, which I think that they are a little more vanilla in their approach in terms of uh, that's Doug Peterson is. I'm I'm not necessarily agreeing with Dalton on the Travis Etienne going forward. Listen, we ain't gonna agree on everything, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think I, I so like the, the player, but if you even see, I don't have you see the graph right there. It is a good time to get in on him because they thought the market thought he was gonna be much, much better. Well, he dropped off the face of the earth based off his injury, well, too. Well, this is this year. So that's that's going into this season. So right around oh, okay. week one, you know, Travis Etienne had this high expectations. He was one of the guys that people were pegging in fantasy drafts as maybe a league winner because he wasn't going in the first or the second round. And if he did succeed the way he was drafted to in this in the first round last year, that he could be the guy that elevates a fantasy team. Um, it didn't happen out of the gate, but as we're looking a little bit deeper, there is good there is good data to support the fact that he can do it. I just don't know that he is the guy that's going to give him the opportunity to do it because of a James Robinson presence and because I just don't know that he has the the body type to be able to withstand that. But that said, he does fit the mold of maybe a um, Tony a, a souped up. <laughs> Michael Carter or a Tony Pollard, because I think he has more talent than those guys. No offense, Dave, but I think Travis Etienne is a more talented player than them. I just, I'm a little bit worried because 
it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. And like, have we ever really been able to get behind anything Jacksonville Jaguars? I was very sold real early. And then I was like, wow, look at this team. They can score points. And then it's just like kind of wheels fell off a little bit. And you're like, uh, it's only a flat yeah, tire. You, get, you just put, you get, patch that you, bad You boy. essentially get shut out at home um, against the ja- uh, the Texans. That's not a good yeah, it's not a it's not a good start. But, you know, when the Jaguars draft another running back next year, we'll have the same conversation. Like, who's the guy in Jacksonville? I feel we have friends in our circle who are Jacksonville Jaguar fans. And they're just like, Another running back. I will say that like, if I what? was to add one of these younger backs into this to this mix, and I know that it probably doesn't fit the criteria of the article because he's not making history, and I know that Dalton did a good job of researching these guys and find out things that you know they categorically fit in terms of the the past players in the NFL. I think Damian Pierce is a better buy right now Ooh, than okay. a Travis Etienne. That's just me. Um, I think the Texans, they're, they're looking at the running back position as something that they've already learned the hard way not to spend a ton of money with the David Johnson debacle mm, at yeah. the running back spot. They have a guy right now that's drafted low. They're not going to have to pay him for a really long time, if ever. And um, I think that he's proven right now that he can carry the football in the NFL. He had a great preseason. They kind of gave him the doghouse treatment in week one, but then they've slowly let him kind of take the reins. And I think Damian Pierce is a very, very good buy right now in terms of the younger running backs, rookie running backs, we'll call them. I like it. I like it. All right. Well, you know something else that Dalton decided to say a lot? The, the word popped up a lot within his first you know, three guys that he was talking about. He talked about the word historic. He brought the historic start. He's off to a historic start. So we decided, you know what? And again, great article. But I was like, Chris, we talked about guys like Adrian Peterson last week. We talked about guys like Frank Gore, who played forever, right? We're like, who is the top guy since the year 2000? Who is the quintessential King. NFL <laughs> running back, according to the Mojo market, right. since the year 2000? And we found him. So today on Retro Boomin', all right, we're talking about one player. And we're talking about a guy like LaDainian Tomlinson. Now, before we bring up the stats, it's, it's, <laughs> it's going to blow you away. But... Ladanian Tomlinson was an every down back. He was, but his 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 size, much like we were talking about Antiani, it wasn't always the biggest guy. But like his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, his ability to run and gash through the tackles, Ladanian Tomlinson was another breed. So we thought to ourselves, you know, Adrian Peterson did this, and 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 Frank Gore did this, so he can't possibly be more right, ladies and gentlemen. I present to you the share price for Ladanian Tomlinson at the time that he retired and was done with football. Bring it up, Ant. There it is. $32 and 4 cents a share. Look at those numbers. Those numbers are what we call in the uh in the world gaudy. Okay. Yeah. 13,684 rushing. So he's right there in the top rushers of all time. The biggest thing I think to me is almost 4800 yards receiving. Like that's insane. His touchdowns 162 times to pay dirt. So now you're seeing this price at 3204. Chris, I got to ask you, is there anybody in the NFL right now, I mean, yeah, you can kind of dive into college because once Mojo hits the college market with running backs, you could maybe make some predictions like that guy could be the guy. Like when you look at a Ladanian Tomlinson right now, is there anybody in the NFL that that, that holds a candle no, or, or even scratches the surface at this guy? I mean, I don't because want, look, the top dog is what Derrick Henry right Derrick now Henry, at twenty six, not even. 25-ish? It, got, it went down. Went down bit. again. Zeke yeah, went down again, too. But I don't know if they went down, but they're not that high, Dave. We're just going to say I don't know if they've gone not down. Not that high. Because I don't know where they were, but off the top of my head. But LaDainian Tomlinson, there's nobody that's going to touch him right now. Bro, when you talk about 100 and – what does he have? 150, 162 career total touchdowns. In 2006, yeah. he had 1,800 rushing yards, 28 rushing touchdowns. Set the record. That was the record year? He had – 
You hear that again? 1,800 <laughs> rushing yards, 28 rushing touchdowns, 56 catches, 500 yards, and three more touchdowns. Nobody's going to touch that because of the way the NFL is set up right now. LaDainian Tomlinson broke the mold coming out of college. I just talked about how Brian Robinson didn't get too much usage, and I really like that going into an NFL career. Well, guess what? LaDainian Tomlinson did. He played all four years at TCU. He had like one billion rushing yards. They used him. One billion. They used him. Very similar usage to a James Robinson in college. I will say that, but um, just not the same player. LaDainian Tomlinson, not the biggest guy, but 11 years deep in the NFL and putting up those numbers over an 11-year stretch, that's not compiler status at all. I think LaDainian Tomlinson was the best all-purpose back in NFL history. Now, can we also, talk, guy, also talk about the – don't say LT. I mean, LT Stop is it, LT. Bro. Stop it. You're He's right. LT. We're going to be talking about Micah Parsons down the line. Micah. Everybody's going to know who Micah is. Anyway, the big uh, one of the bigger factors that we haven't touched on much – Playoff success. Yes. You know, so if these guys are going deep into the playoffs, like the Chargers did a couple times, you know, like those teams were built pretty good. When they were in the playoffs, and even with the Jets run, right, he was on those Jets runs, you accumulate those stats in the playoffs too. It's not a regular season market. It is a 24-7, 365 market for Mojo. And if you're in the playoffs and you, dare I say, win a Super Bowl, you'll be bonused out as well. So it's like yes. when you're investing in players, you also want to think about their their team, their future with that team, because if they can get those extra games at the end of the season to put more bank value on their own value, that that's I astronomical. Like, I feel like that's the number one way that you could exceed your market projections is to have playoff success. And right. I'm not positive on this, but I know that when their market projects things, I don't know how you could officially project a playoff game. You know, so they're they're essentially projecting that they're going to have 17 game seasons. When you make the playoffs and you go deep, that's just a bonus. You can't project three playoff games. You can't, no. Right? So that's how you do it. And when we're talking about bank value, accumulating bank value can be done in the playoffs as well. And the best way to you're you're essentially betting against the market projection. That's giving you an advantage, a distinct advantage, and it's just extra football games. And they're highly important football games, which I'm sure factor in more. And the chance to play in a Super Bowl and win is that bonus that you get from Mojo. So, yeah, playoff games matter. And Tomlinson, I think he played in like 11, so it's not exceptionally high. But for 11 seasons, you're averaging so one average per season. One, right. I'll take that. An extra game. And maybe, just if you think about it, the guys that are like hovering in the upper ranks of Mojo as far as the the running backs are concerned. Obviously, we talked about Zeke. Think about that. Zeke, I think, missed the playoffs twice in his career. You know, and and then you look at Henry. The Titans have always been relatively good, other than the fact that they're like, oh, we only have Henry. Then they make the move for Tannehill. They're the one seed, and he gets hurt. Blah blah blah. The rest is history. But what I say is like guys like Nick Chubb. You know, that stinks unless they really turn it around in Cleveland because he might just kind of never have the opportunity to get to the playoffs. Guys like Austin Eckler, you know, like he's been around, he's seasoned. The Chargers always fall that a little short, you know what I'm saying? So it's like when you look at these guys and you look at their playoff expectations of getting that bonus time on the field, a lot of these guys might not ever see it. And that's that's unfortunate for them and their growth. Yeah, I mean it is what it is. Get get drafted by a better team. There guys. you go. That's the only way to hold do out. It. Do the Eli and just wait another four picks, and then you went to Super Bowl. So do Boom, I have to done. pick a player that I think might have the best? If you chance? had a yeah, you, I mean why not? I know that this is going to be a little bit of pouring on and like saying like oh, Bree, but it's Brees Hall. <laughs> I mean like. <laughs> Because everybody else has already been established and like you see a little bit of a wear and tear. Like, do you, you know, everybody's already kind of writing Zeke off. He's not going to play seven more years at yes, productive he will. football <laughs> in terms of trying to catch LaDainian Thomas. So I think you can look at the guys that are at the top, the Derrick Henrys. None of those guys have a chance. It has to be a guy that's younger because then we could potentially see a shift in the way the NFL has played over their career. 
because honestly, everything that shifted has shifted towards passing, and it's nothing has been shifting towards the running backs. Mm. But a Brees Hall, he's the one guy when you're looking at all-purpose yards, you know, he's getting it done on the ground, he's got his touchdowns, he's getting it done through the air. I think that's very similar to a Ladanian Thomas. And is he going to be able to do it for 11 seasons? I don't know. That's another question entirely. Is he going to be able to put up 28 touchdowns in a year? 31 total? I don't think so. But, you know, I'm here for it because I am invested in Brees Hall. So if Brees Hall turns into LT, I got a five-time multiplier on Brees. If that turns into LT, then I'm going to be sitting pretty. I don't know about a yacht, but maybe a canoe. Canoes are very cheap, so they're not. I, I want to. They're yeah, not. They're I, not. Trust me, they're really? not. Really? Have you have you ever been canoeing? Ah, that's another conversation for another day. Uh, you're afraid of the water. <laughs> so it's just exposed. Anyway, guys, thank you for joining us here today on a Wednesday. Tomorrow, obviously, Week Seven starts uh, the NFL. We got ourselves a decent game. It's the the Cardinals and the Saints. Uh, so we're going to see a little bit of Kamara. We talked about him. We're going to see a little bit more Eno Benjamin, uh, Kyler Murray. We're so going to see a little D Hop. We're going to see some. Oh, that's right. Sometimes you wonder. I often wonder. <laughs> You're like, did they do this on purpose? Yes. <laughs> no, Hopkins got suspended after the schedule came out. Eh, they might have known. <laughs> oh my God. They We're going to get or may not De- have known. DeAndre Hopkins' debut on primetime on Amazon. Um, anyway, thank you guys for joining us. For Dave Sturchio, Chris Gucci, and of course, A5 behind the glass at Shop Studios. We'll be back to preview Thursday night football tomorrow. Week seven is here. That's Aaron Judge hitting a home run.